a revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Blasherberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies, and today we have a community birth story. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that the birth stories are one of my favorite things to dive into. I think it's so important to hear about different experiences, because many times we may just have the image of birth from movies or our own experience or that of our friends or sister, but it's so important to hear about all different choices and support those in all different places of birth. So you might have guessed, yes, today's birth story is from Marissa Collins, and she talks about her birth, and she talks about why she chose a home birth and how her birth, her second birth different from her first. She also talks about postpartum and some of the challenges of postpartum. But what the best, the highlight of this is when Marissa just takes the mic and shares her birth story. It is powerful. It is beautiful. I was mesmerized listening to it, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. And let me tell you a little bit about Marissa. So she's a PYC student, a graduate. Um, she's a mom of two, a doula trainee, and a dedicated yoga practitioner. Now, before we get to Marissa's story, just some things going on at the studio. So what's really exciting, we just finished our last of, I think everything in a school year. So we just finished our last teacher training of this school year. It was in person. And I remember just sitting back. It was, we were doing our final community class, watching these teachers finish their, their final class, their community class with such pride and excitement to see how they have grown for our first week together when this information was new to where they ended up teaching these beautiful classes. I've been correcting their exams and I'm blown away. So I'm so excited to be bringing on more and new teachers to the PYC teaching community. So if you're tuning in either in studio or online, you're going to see some new faces. It's beautiful to watch our teaching community grow. I'm so excited for you to meet some of these new teachers. What else is going on? Um, We added to our on-demand library. That's pretty full. In fact, I'm really proud of how robust it is. So I know that our schedule doesn't always work for you, for your schedule. So we have so many of our classes available online. Now we also have our daily classes available. So if you can't make our class, we do re-releases. So you can still get a new class every day from our re-releases. And then I guess the last thing is I have a postnatal teacher training starting really soon. And then we have our online teacher training starting up again in September and October. We actually were going to do it in person, but we had so many people reaching out saying, oh, I can't get to New York for two weekends. Would you consider moving it online? And because we had more people interested in doing it online than in person, yes, we did. We switched it to online. So right now we have September and October online. Then we have a late October first week of first weekend of December online. That one actually doesn't have that many spaces left. And then again, we're online January and February and then back in person in March and April. So, so many opportunities to study our methodology and bring this teaching to your community. All right. So you probably can tell I have a stuffy nose, so I'm going to stop talking now. We'll take a quick break and then we'll be back. Please enjoy Marissa's conversation and birth story. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. 
I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Massimo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, Marissa. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to sort of relive these moments. I know. I'm really excited to hear it. And it was so great having you in class that now I get to hear what happened after you left. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess before we get into your birth story, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, this was like the largest question I felt like. I was like, who am I? Ah. Um, <laughs> but so I think some of the easy things are personally my pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm now a mother of two. Uh, I am in a long-term committed relationship that really grounds me with my husband. Um, and right now I've really started defining myself more as how I guess I exist in the world because I haven't been working for a couple years. Um, which it was formerly, I guess, how I define myself, you know? Um, and so I moved from event planning and now I've just really been like diving into maternal health and activism and, you know, just trying to find more peace each day, like in my own body, which was how I found you as well. Um, and sort of really focusing more on yoga and just, I don't know, centering myself a little bit more, uh, these days. I think I remember you saying you were doing a doula training or you were an early yeah. doula. Yeah. Okay. I am, I am amidst doula training as well. I started it in my, uh, no, I started it in this pregnancy, my second pregnancy. Um, so after I had my first, um, and I just, you know, we'll get into it, but I, I love birth and I am very, uh, skeptical of, you know, how our health system mm -hmm. surrounds maternal health and women's health. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that as we start talking about some of your birth choices. So let's talk about how did you prepare for your birth? And what would also be interesting is how did the two differ? Did you prepare differently for for your second than you did your first? Um, so I I prepared for birth. Let me just lay that out. Lay the foundation, okay. <laughs> I, you know, took advantage of quieter times during COVID, which was my first pregnancy. Um, and so I basically, I mean, I feel like I gave myself a sex education course. Um, I just took such a deep dive learning about like the physiological aspects of birth, um, learning about my body parts, learning about where the baby, like how it comes out of you, like just every single thing that honestly, my healthcare providers didn't teach me. I did not learn in high school, college, like you name it. Uh, and so I watched videos and documentaries. Um, and then I took a hypnobirth class, which literally I feel like was a science class. Like it, it also taught the biology of labor and like what the chemicals in your body were doing. And all of that, um, was so, so, so helpful, uh, because then I understood like what was happening. Mm. Um, I also did a class on zoom that was like a two day, what to expect in labor. Um, and I practiced a lot of yoga, uh, but between the two, the, I honestly feel like it was like, you know, I did part one and part two of like the same education. So the difference with the second pregnancy was that I like doubled down and took doula training because I wanted to know more about uh, mm -hmm. physiological labor, which um, 
really is more about intention setting and understanding what's happening so you feel safe within your body's natural function of trying to birth a baby. Um, I also am like a pretty anxious person. And so I like understanding the full situation. So I learned a lot more about hospitals as well. Um, and so that, you know, led to my decisions that differed between the first and second. Um, but truly like I, I learned a lot. So I'd love to ask a little bit about the doula training. Was it was the intention to dive deeper into understanding birth for yourself or was it that as well as eventually supporting births? It was both. It was definitely the timing was so I could also benefit from having that insight. Um, I worked with a doula, uh, Bonnie de Cares during our first labor and her support was so beyond, um, I don't even know the right word. Like it just felt like such a blessing. Um, she was sending me, you know, peer reviewed articles on different foods and that's very much like who she is. I mean, she did a whole yeah. podcast with us, about the arrive trial, like she's a smart cookie. I could see her doing totally. that. Totally. And so like learning how much there was to just to ground oneself in was what then made me realize for the second labor, I was like, you know, I want to know those things too. Like I want to instinctively be able to have, um, you know, this toolkit of knowing different positions and different relief techniques, um, and being able to help myself have the most soothing postpartum experience. Um, and so that was why I did it when I did it. Cause otherwise it was taking on a bit much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second piece is I have just realized how crucial it is to spend energy back into, our communities. And to me as a mother, that is, that is right now focusing on the black maternal health crisis. Mm -hmm. And I see doulas as, as really a, a huge, um, support system for a lot of women, especially in New York city, um, who need that support. Oh, that's so great. I want to dive a little deeper into your births, especially mm-hmm. I'd love to hear a little bit about, and we'll, I'll totally dive, dive more into the birth stories, but in general, how do you think your second birth differed from your first? The first thing that came to mind um, thinking of this is there was a lot less adrenaline, like flat out. It just you know, that I was still excited, but it was more giddy. Um, and just like, Oh, like this is going to be fun versus the last time was more like, Oh my God. Like it was like roller coaster versus you've ridden it a couple times and now you're just like happily anticipating it. Uh Um, but it wasn't as much of this really spiking energy. Um, it was more like, Oh, let's set the mood for like a really nice, delicious date night. Hmm. Um, which is sort of, you know, what, what we did. And then physically, uh, you know, the gods were good, good to us and it was quicker and just so much, um, smoother. How long was your first one? My first one was also fantastically short. Um, it was about, I was in active labor, probably like six hours with the first, uh, like start to finish, maybe, wow. maybe five and a half. So that also, but it was a very, very intense short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And this one was probably active labor for about two and a half hours, but it felt like there was like hours between contractions. Obviously looking at some of the notes, there were not, but my mind was so much more at ease understanding what was happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first time it was really just physically like going through it um, and finding relief through contractions. But this time it was more like I was excited to almost perform, I guess. Mm-hmm. Work through them in a different way. It sounds really, I'm excited to hear your birth story. And it sounds like there was a lot more, and tell me if I'm wrong, Maybe confidence or um, openness to ride the waves a bit more with uh, being grounded. I don't know if that makes sense. 
Absolutely. Um, so for me, like I just, I left my first birth experience feeling like that was the most authentic expression of myself I've ever been in. Mm -hmm. And it just, I was like immediately afterward craving that experience again. And so literally as soon as we had the opportunity to get pregnant, we did, which honestly, I would probably take a little more time next time, (laughs) but I just was so excited to be in that space again. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had really high expectations, which was why, um, I chose also to have a home birth the second time, because I just wanted to feel that like complete liberation of self-expression again, while like experiencing this incredible moment. I remember you coming to class, like super, super pregnant. (laughs) And even if you were like, I'm a little achy and have some pains, you still seemed very positive and not that everyone has to be, you know, super smiley positive, but you really seem to embrace your pregnancies. And that is not for those listening to feel like I'm not embracing my pregnancies. You know, I, I, I'm still okay, of course, but I just remember you did have just a grounded acceptance of where you were, even when you were pretty late in pregnancy. That's more of a, it's a comment and observation, but I don't know if you want to speak to that at all. I mean, that's, that's yoga practice, honestly. Uh, that is you during class reminding us, like even through discomfort, you know, like find gratitude for what there is to be grateful for. Like for me, I was growing this child. I desperately wanted to become a part of our family, you know? So I had a really hard, uh, second pregnancy because of just how physically taxing it was being pregnant with such a young infant into just barely a toddler. Mm -hmm. Um, and like developing scoliosis sort of where it became a a factor that I had never felt before. So I was in a lot of pain during this pregnancy. Mm. And then I knew one return to the mat, even though it was two weeks before I was like, two weeks is better than nothing. Get there because it just allowed my mind to get back to that place of like connecting inwardly, you know, instead of thinking of all these feelings that were exacerbating me out of my body I could sort of sit there and have my hand on the belly for a moment and just realize like connecting with your breath is all you have to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like that felt really homing for me. Wow. I did not realize your pregnancy was so hard because you really did seem so in your body. Thank you for sharing that. So you talked about you chose a home birth for your second. Where did you have your first baby? Uh, We birthed at Wild Cornell. Okay. And so what were, what were some of the factors you mentioned that you wanted to be able to just really have your own full expression at home? Were there other factors that made you choose a home birth? (laughs) There, there are a lot of factors. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, the real factor was safety, uh, which came to surprise a lot of people and even myself before understanding what home birth is. Um, but truly I wanted to have a, a safe delivery and a healthy experience bonding with my baby. Um, and what I had gathered and learned from other people's experiences, my own experience, um, about our healthcare system is that there's just a lot of opportunity for intervention before your body can really ground in where it's at. Um, and having two healthy pregnancies, there was no reason for me to go to a hospital. And I was pretty worried about having a baby in a taxi. I was pretty worried about being separated from my husband, um, because of overstaffing or over occupancy at the rooms, I was nervous. Uh, you know, when I first birthed, I was in total like nirvana, but I still had, you know, blood dripping down my arm because they weren't able to get the IV in. Um, like all of these pieces that felt like a hindrance into having labor Mm -hmm. instead of being at home and my 
preparation was literally lighting candles and turning on music. Um, I didn't have to worry about the people around me coughing and COVID or uh, wondering when I'd get into the room and if they'd let my doula join me or if she'd get stuck. Like there were just so many things that my mind could see as obstacles and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to deal with any of that. It's interesting when I talk to people about making birth choices, this actually just came up in teacher training last weekend. The first thing I tell them is before they choose their place of birth, they have to sit with the question of where do I feel safest? And you clearly answered that for yourself. You felt safest at home because if you went to a hospital, you might've been more anxious and we know what that does to the hormones. So totally. Yeah. It was a big learning from the first where I understood the difference between adrenaline and release of like oxytocin and other hormones that relax you and allow labor to progress. And I am of the type of person where, you know, my adrenaline can easily spike. Um, and some people totally disappear in labor. I found that that was not my experience. I can still remain pretty mentally present. Mm -hmm. And so I'm easily taken out of the internal situation to be like, oh, who else is here? Oh, you turned on a light. Oh, what are you doing over there closing that door? Um, And so I just didn't want that to disrupt labor this time. Uh, Okay. That makes sense. That makes a total sense. So I know that, and I, and I hate this term, but geriatric pregnancy, isn't that the worst? I say that with respect of having two babies in a quote geriatric pregnancy. So let's talk a little bit about how that felt and your experience working with a midwife in a geriatric pregnancy. We need a better, a better yeah. name for that. I mean, geriatric, I'm a double geriatric pregnancy too. Can we call uh, it like wise, like wise woman pregnancy or wise person pregnancy, like older and older and wiser? I don't know. The inherent ageism involved with the word, but truly like I was 35 when I had my first by a week. And I think that made me geriatric perhaps. Oh my gosh. And then my second obviously was after that. Uh, but, um, when I'm 36, but, um, I, I can't even like speak to it because there was no, there was no difference. There was no, there, there was no sign of any difference in my pregnancy than I guess a seemingly arbitrary number. Um, especially for me, my family history is women having children like into their forties. Uh, wow. so especially for us, like it was sort of just really the norm. And so working with a midwife allowed me, honestly, it allowed me less stress because I heard less, um, conversation about my age being a risk factor. Mm -hmm. And I just had a lot more one-on-one support and hour long conversations instead of waiting in a lobby for an hour and getting five minutes of like rapid fire, how you doing questions Mm -hmm. more of how are you feeling where I could say, you know, I feel super overwhelmed because my child's not sleeping through the night and I'm rocking them and it, I have this huge belly and things that don't come up, I guess, with an OB, but do have space with a midwife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found the same too. I found, well, I love my OB, but I did find my midwife just open. Like she wanted to get to know me and that felt really good. Like the appointments would be 45 minutes to an hour where with typically your average OB, it's like seven minutes and there's just a different level of intimacy. And I I find that for home birth because they're literally going to be in your home. It's nice to have that relationship formed beforehand. I don't know if you felt that. And I, I mean, I also love my OB, like that part too, like I am fully in support of hospital births for, for reasons where that's good. Even if it's Mm -hmm. someone does feel safer there, Mm -hmm. like reason enough, fantastic. And so I love our OB, but she is there for patients that need to be seen with her. And so my healthy pregnancies like didn't really fit that model. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So let's dive into your birth story. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I just want to hand you the mic and just listen as it all unfolded. Okay, we'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Okay, I'm so excited. So go. <laughs> I just want to hear. <laughs> so, um... Well, first thing of note was that this was the morning of the first snowfall in New York. Um, It had like these tiny little snowflakes and was so calming. And I was just like, hmm, like today could be the day. I was also 40 weeks and two days. So each day I was was also looking out for it to be the day. Um, But I think that morning I actually, I was at the prenatal yoga center. Um, I was doing yoga, uh, just waiting. And then around 4 PM, uh, my water broke, which was a godsend because my first birth, my water also broke and both times had meconium. Mm -hmm. So it just felt like, to me, that was a sign of like, we're in the right place. We know how to do this. We know how this goes. Like, I'm happy. I'm feeling good. And also it's sort of a surefire sign, like you're going to have the baby. Um, so I called our doula and then midwife to let them know. And also took like so many pictures and sent them so many pictures of just meconium. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, basically we were, we had just put our son, he was napping. So I was waiting for him to wake up. Uh, and everyone was like, okay, we'll just, you know, see, see how things progress in a couple hours. You could start having contractions or it might not happen until tonight, but really there's no cause to have any stress or anxiety about it. Um, you know, like if nothing happens, then you sleep through the night, like check in tomorrow. I had a feeling it was going to like go off. Um, Mm -hmm. so in my head I was like, okay, we got to cancel the play date. I got to see if I actually want my mom coming over or not for dinner. And we need to figure out, uh, the next couple hours with our child outside of the body who, uh, was one, um, like one in a couple months. So around 6 PM, the midwife came over. Um, she was like, you know, I'm just going to come over, check the baby, make sure everything, feel safe, good for you, for the baby. Um, and then we'll see how things progress. So she came, checked in, baby's heartbeat was fine. Um, no contractions still, Macodium. I was, wore a diaper for a little bit. Uh, and then after we put our son to bed around 8 PM, I started feeling a very routine something every 10 minutes from the first time I had a very different expectation of what contractions felt like. I thought they were a lot more intense. So to me, like I had an hour of literally like, I don't know how to describe it. It was just like this, like discontent sort of feeling, Mm -hmm. but I was like, is this a contraction? Like, should I text them? But everyone had told me they were like, this is your second labor. Tell us about anything all the time. Um, and so I let the team know, like, I think I'm having contractions like 10 minutes apart. And they were like, okay, let us know when they're five. So then around maybe like nine 30, I was like, maybe they're more like five. Uh, I also was watching 
some reality TV, I can't remember, with my husband. And so I think that was perhaps keeping labor at bay as well. And finally around like 10, he was like, you know, like we could either go to sleep or like, maybe you want to try doing all those things you were really excited about, like the music, the candles, like maybe we should like do this. And I think I was a little hesitant because I like knew what was coming. And I was like, do I really want to start? Like, maybe I just want like one more hour of rest, you know, Mm -hmm. like knowing that you're about to go through this huge process and then have an infant. Uh, but so I feel like I like listened to him in that moment. and was like, okay, you're right. Don't fear this. Let's open to it. And so as soon as I lit the candles and turned on our playlist, like things began moving. And so then it was the type of contractions where, um, you start like making noises. And for me, that truly was like ohms this time. Mm. And, uh, I have some video where when I watched it, I was like, this can't be what it looks like. Like Michael's never going to believe that labor is difficult. Like I was just able to find really a lot of physical relief in the ohm. I remembered one of the teachers at the yoga center had said like open throat, open, That's me. open throat, open vagina, yes. yeah. Well, open throat, open vagina does wonderful things. Yes, it and does. So literally throughout, I just kept going, oh, and like trying to sing. Yeah. And it really just, I don't know, like things moved so quickly. It was about like um, like the, I remember the midwife arrived, they sort of were coming in and out and I like to go internal in birth. And so I sort of close my eyes and just hear myself. Mm. Um, and what was different this time though, which surprised me, I thought I was like way earlier in labor than I was, was how much relief I found between the surges or contractions. Um, like literally I would be like, Oh, and then stop and be like, hey, so like, what are you, like, how are you feeling, Michael? And he's like, I'm feeling good. Like, how are you feeling? And then I'd be like, oh, oh, <laughs> and like go back into it. Um, I remember at one point, and I love for people to know that this is a not scary part, but I definitely threw up this time again. I had in my first birth as well, and it really scared me. And this time I was sort of like, oh, that makes sense. Like all of my muscles are contracting and I had a big dinner, like better out than in. Um, and then at one point also in there, uh, a different song came on the playlist. I remember like singing and literally like trying to match this tune where basically what I wanted out of this labor was to just like feel uninhibited and like feel as expressive as I wanted to in the first and truly like I was there, like I was some fairy in the Midland, like out on a cloud. Um, but also, uh, the mantra I kept going with in between each one was just the relax your jaw, drop your shoulders. Mm. Like I kept being able to find the balance between like finding this really spiritual place and then grounding my physical body to be like, how do we actually release this baby? Um, I also find a lot of, uh, freedom on the toilet before I had had labor. I thought that was nuts. Um, but both times that was my safe spot because, you know, the whole point is to open your body. So things Mm -hmm. come out of your body. Um, and then around 1230, I was guided, our doula guided me to, um, the toilet. She was like, maybe you just want to sit there for a minute, uh, because she wanted to see if the baby dropping, because I had been on my hands and knees mostly, um, against the bed, uh, like hugging a pillow and sort of oming into that. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I sat on the toilet, like I just, my belly was so, so, so hard. Um, and I remember, I don't even, even that point, like I started laughing at one point, just being like, this is happening. Like, like it just kept feeling so exciting. Cause I was like living my dream. Um, and then there's this feeling of like, and like suddenly your body truly takes over. Like up until that point, it felt like I was guiding through my voice and through my mind being like, let go, 
release, let go, breathe in, like capture all that oxygen to fuel your body to do this thing. And then the body was like, we've got it from here. Um, and so that was probably 1245 AM. They guided me into the bath, which we had set up an inflatable tub in our bedroom. Uh, and as soon as I hit that water, let me tell you, like, I remember just like being like, Oh my God, this feels so good. Um, and in three contractions, you know, Bowie literally just came into his head was in my hands. I remember being like this jelly thing. Like, I, I think he's here. I think I'm having the baby. Whereas I was expecting like three more hours of labor. Um, and so he was birthed into my hands. And then something I hadn't expected was the deep pause that can happen after the head comes out. Apparently babies then can turn, which makes it a lot easier for the last push. Mm -hmm. Um, but to me, I was suddenly like, what, what the heck? Like I have no more, like, it felt so weird. Cause I was like, I literally don't have energy to push anymore. And so I felt sort of alarmed where then in hindsight, someone was like, oh no, like you need a contraction to build. So I guess all of like 20, 30 seconds later, which can feel like a long time when your baby's like in a pool. Um, but then literally like I have the video. And so I'm like asking me like, are you sure? And they were like, yeah, that like just wait it out. And so I start talking to the baby and I'm like, okay, baby, like we got this. Okay. Trying to sort of calm my nerves again. Um, and then Bowie came, he was like fully like, Ooh, and here comes this baby. And just like, I don't know, it was magic. It just, it was so quick, but also so void of fear, except for that last moment that was more almost like this very youthful, like I was looking for guidance. And as soon as I looked up to these women who have been in this space for so many birds and so many experiences, like I just felt this sense of calm and control throughout the whole thing. Um, which also is really how I want to parent, you know, like I want to be able to draw on instinct and feel really validated in that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was how this birth was, you know, like everyone was just sort of <laughs> letting me do my thing, including my husband. Like, it was just so funny how it was almost like he was watching more like me do this piece of art, like almost like a dance, mm -hmm. you know? So when I said perform earlier, that was what I wanted this to be. I wanted to embody this experience, which felt way more like a freestyle expression, um, where you result in this beautiful baby. Uh, and so then we had the baby in the tub and it was, I mean, winter time, he's so small. So I chose to then bird the placenta in our bed so it was sort of funny, you know, like I literally just like hop up with the baby and they're like, Oh, do you need help? I'm like, no, like, let's just like walk on over and then walked over to the bed, got in, um, and just cuddled Bowie. But it was, yeah, I did it was just like such a special, calm, joyful moment in time. That you painted such a beautiful picture and what is so amazing is I love that people are going to hear this can be a possibility for them too, if they want, you know, if that's the setting. But I feel like we see such paintings and pictures and movies of birth as loud and hectic and scary and rushed and voices raised and what you just explained was really the opposite. And you were able to really make this your own without, you know, there's always that, like you said, there was that moment you're like, it's heads out and you're like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> you know, there's always, you know, maybe some apprehension in the back, like, are we, how are we going to do this? But what I went along with you is just that the body for 
most people, if given the chance, knows how to work as a team with your baby to be birthed. And I, it's just, it was beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. And I'm hoping this can inspire others that may yearn for that type of birth. And even if it's a hospital birth, still finding that belief and holding to, for most people, and I know it's not for everybody, but for most people, our bodies and babies do know how to do this dance together. So I'm just in awe and I just, I have this vision of it. So, and if you, and you can feel free to say no, but would you share any of those pictures so I could see them? (laughs) Absolutely. I have shown many people, whether they wanted to or not, <laughs> I truly, like it, it brought tears to my eyes when you were saying that, because it's just, no matter what people's experiences, like C-sections can be completely the same amount of beauty. Like it's just creating a space for people to go in to birth as a part of it and as the empowered part of it, the person who is birthing instead of someone being told what to do or how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, like I 100% had this same experience in the hospital with our first birth, which was why I wanted to sort of double down and just find a different experience. Um, and so it's just so important to me for people to know that this is possible because I also want to put a disclaimer, like I'm not out there like living the life that I thought home birthers were, you know, like I thought I had to be like eating granola and harvesting my clothes. And like, you know, like I just had this different perspective on who could home birth and truly like, I'm just a very type a person who also like wanted a deep experience and realized how safe it was for us. And I I thank you for pointing out that, you know, a cesarean can be equally as beautiful and especially because it is still a dance between the parent and baby Mm -hmm. because not every action has to be towards a vaginal birth. Sometimes for whatever reason, someone may want to have a C-section. Someone may need to have a C-section. Like there's multiple reasons. And sometimes baby is calling the shots and be like, and this is how I need to come out. Absolutely. And that can still be honored as a sacred passage. So thank you for, for pointing that out. And also thank you for pointing out the, the idea of home birthers. I personally had two home births and yeah, I, while I may be a little more on the granola side, I'm certainly <laughs> the type, I'm very much the type A. And it comes back to where personally each person has to find their, their safest emotional place and the people they want. And I call it circling the wagons. Like, where do you want your team to be and how do you want that team to support you? So thanks for pointing out there that, yeah, you you don't need to, um, be having a sprouting garden and, (laughs) (laughs) and, and making your own clothes. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about postpartum. How's that transition been? You know, I have had an interesting journey. Um, the early days were fantastic. Um, physically, I just felt, I felt great. I was like, you know, I, I don't know. It, the baby was out. So the hardest part for me was being pregnant this time around um, and sort of all the pressures that came with my back and I mean, people are not open enough about talking about hemorrhoids and how just life draining they can be. Um, But so after birth, I felt fantastic. Uh, I think I felt so fantastic that I also got an IUD at six weeks postpartum by recommendation because your cervix is open. Mm. Um, And unfortunately for me, my uterus was not into that idea. So it cut through and I've actually just, um, I'm a week post-op because I had to have surgery to get that removed. So I've had a different type of challenge, I would say, um, emotionally, because as soon as I was really entering this phase of like, oh my gosh, like I'm starting to feel some body autonomy again and this energy surging and look at my beautiful babies and, And then unfortunately I sort of had this physical setback that Mm. was really hard to, 
mentally find peace with. Um, but that's why also this is so beautiful to revisit birth and sort of just see that this is all a part of, you know, my life's experiences. Um, but yeah, so postpartum, I would say was really hard and something that I really encourage everyone to do is have a serious postpartum support plan. Um, why I've been able to navigate all of this is because we already had so much support in place through, um, a postpartum doula. And then we transitioned to having a baby nurse with us, um, to help us get some sleep some nights. And that actually turned into being really necessary, uh, as I was recovering. Mm -hmm. Um, but like no one should sleep on the postpartum, like breastfeeding is new. You need to learn it. The baby needs to learn it. Hormones are surging out of your body. Like there's a lot in postpartum that I wish everyone really supported women and birthing people with. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, it's funny you said that I'm actually doing yet another podcast with a postpartum doula because I think, and I, I might be guilty of this, that we talk a lot about pregnancy and birth, but I don't think there's enough focus on that postpartum plan. And it's a huge transition. And that's actually something that came up in postnatal class the other day. And mm-hmm. I'd love your opinion on this. So we have a student who I think kind of similar to you, like her first is maybe like a year and two months. And she's starting to talk about the next baby. And she's like, so was it harder going from zero to one or one to two? My experience, I said, I found it harder going from zero to one. And then another mom was hanging out and she's like, I found it harder going from one to two because they kind of got in a rhythm with the three of them. I would love to know your thoughts. What's it been like for you? Um, I think honestly, you know, one hypnobirth sort of has like changed my mind. So I'm like harder, like was either harder. I don't know. Um, but I think the difference between the two was I was not expecting to have such a similar learning curve with the second in terms of, I sort of expected like, like basically there's a totally new set of challenges by having an an already existing child and relationship and then bringing in a fourth. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to be a family of four also while being in postpartum recovery was, um, I guess, honestly, it was just like more surprising. Like I just Mm -hmm. didn't anticipate that, but I also find parenting Bowie so much easier because there is so much less anxiety for me. Um, around things. I still like currently I'm having a lot of anxiety around like trying to find more of a routine because personally I've been sort of so physically out of it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's just nothing like seeing your two kids together. I absolutely so, agree with know, that. Like, <laughs> there's I 100% <laughs> agree. I mean, my kids are, you know, a minute older. They're <laughs> nine and 11 and they definitely have strong personalities and they fight sometimes. But when they are doing, when, when they're together in their own little unit playing crazy games, the other day they were playing like investigator, but like when they get it, oh my gosh, I, I cannot just, I can't stop smiling. It's one of the most beautiful things. That too is a props to home birth because we had Bowie while Corbin was sleeping and he was too young that he didn't really understand like a baby was coming out of my belly, but he does know to run into our bedroom in the morning. And so when he came in that morning, like he literally just like got to go get on the bed with us and be like, baby. And the moment was just like incredible. Yes. We had the same thing. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That is something special. I do. My son came in and at one point he just wanted the birth ball. And then when he left, he went to sleep and that's when the baby was born and he came in in the morning to see baby's sister. There's something very special about that. So 
We're going to take another break, but when we come back, what is one tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new or expectant parents? We'll be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we are back. So you can draw from your dual experience, from your birthing experience, from being a mom, whatever it is. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Um, I just wish for everyone to be more curious about the experience and about the positive experience, um, in being pregnant and, and birthing because you had mentioned earlier, but like we are oversaturated with the high drama versions, um, Mm -hmm. and the risks associated with living, you know, like, and, what I just found so wonderful was when I would hear people share with me, like, God, you will never feel as beautiful as like you do with the big belly. Like you can wear whatever you want. You can just feel like, you know, we're, I find that we live in such a restrictive society, um, that the freedom I found through, you know, this new shape I was in. And then also the empowerment I felt in learning more about my body and seeing these depths that I could go to, mm-hmm. um, was per- for m- me, that was the journey I wanted. And so, um, just finding somebody who has had a really powerful experience where it, they left it feeling positive. Mm-hmm. I encourage everyone, like you have to find somebody with that story because you are going to hear all of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is a lot of people, um, I've heard like, you know, we sort of feel scared to share our positive experience because we don't want to infringe on other people almost, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so happy that this is a space for people to hear that because there is like joy and ease and control, um, and levity to be had here too. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Oh my gosh. I, I so enjoyed talking to you and I'm not kidding, but you painted a picture. Like I could see your birth unfold and I could see you reliving it and I could see how grounded it seemed and how elated the experience seemed for you. So thank you for sharing this with our community. I truly appreciate it. I thank you so much for asking. Like, I love birth stories. I love, love, love birth stories. Oh, thanks, Marissa. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.